0: fun just staring from across the room I, you've got to strut your stuff and i'll show you just what to do now you gotta dance gotta make your advance you gotta show you've got the guts i got to move that'll make them smooth and it's called the two-step strut
1: now dance with me Mate? Mike, where, where are, are you? you? I've seen the layer. I've seen the other side layer. I'm a Jellicle. You're
0: recording an episode today.
1: Jellicle, jellicle. I'm a cat. I've seen the oh, side yeah, layer. Mike.
0: I'm a What are you doing on the floor?
1: I'm a Jellicle. I'm a Jellicle. 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 Jellicle, 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 jellicle.
0: Jellic- oh, oh, oh. jellicle cats? Mike. <clears throat> Get a hold of yourself.
1: What was I saying? Are you back? Yeah. Sorry. I didn't. I just passed out there for a Flat. few minutes oh, Sorry I just watched Cats like yesterday Oh god It is April 15th right
0: It is Um Around that date
1: Wait what date is it
0: Um it's about Probably thir- 45 day
1: 45 days after that Why do I have an entire pitch for a Cats prequel on my computer right now
0: I don't know What's the last thing
1: you remember hitting play on cats oh god that
0: was your first mistake
1: so was recording in an apartment under a dog what (laughs) he knows whoa who's that down there on the floor with you jackson so we are joined this week for the cats prequel by friend and avenger jackson f1 jackson welcome back to the equalizers
2: hi i was just living my life when suddenly it was like Weird old wizard guy popped up and took me to a boat, and that boat also had Mike's apartment in it.
0: <laughs> that would explain all the water and why your boat's so wet.
1: Uh, oh, no, that's you know why it's wet because we're watching cats. Oh, god, happy as we specified last week. We are doing a cats trilogy for episodes 68 and 69 because nice. we tried to decide what the whole movie we could think of was, and it was cats.
0: The horniest movie of this last of this last year was definitely Cats. Like, just look at those cats' faces the entire movie.
1: Before we get too far into anything, I do want to specify because I'm going to reference it as such. I have the prequel. I've titled it Cats Episode One. I think we. I'm going to be referring to the original ni- 2000, the original 2019 Cats as Cats Episode Two: The Jellicle Choice. <laughs> I just want to get that out in the open before we start talking about the movie because I probably will. Be, I've referred to it in my brain as that for so long. <laughs> I'm going to say it out loud, and I don't want anyone to be confused. Can we
0: say T, uh, TGC?
1: TJJ. It's J. TJJ. TJC. T-J-C. Yeah, TJ choice. I also want to uh, apologize for some of the audio quality here. Jax and I are recording side-by-side in the same room in my echoey living room, so I apologize for...
0: I'm sure it'll be good.
1: My yeah. echoey living room on a boat that only wizards can get to, apparently. Yeah. It provides ambiance. basically
2: the magical mansion from Hellblazer, but, you know, aquatic.
1: So Madison, let's get into some of our our original uh, pattern before we get to... before we get horny. Uh,
2: <laughs> wow, I have so many regrets on being
1: here. Did you have... I mean, I gave you the out to go home. <laughs> we had a whole conversation about you going home, and then you showed up
0: anyway did you no. does uh mike just like looking at you jackson saying the word horny like not make you feel comfortable for some reason
1: i'm, I'm just i'm slowly mouthing it okay
0: <laughs> oh, God, no. you're always slowly mouthing horny oh. when you're not talking um, so did you like this movie <laughs> um I'll, I'll, I'll go last jackson did you like this movie
2: I did, but part of that was, like, all the weird, bad parts of it were, like, already spoiled by the internet. So I was going in already knowing about the cockroaches with people faces and Rebel Wilson eating the cockroaches with people faces. And Bacardi going, meow, whenever he teleports. (laughs) It's his bamf. And Um, James
1: Corden being in it.
2: And James Corden's presence. I don't think it was good. I definitely think I liked it. Also, um, memories made me feel feelings because it's like designed in a lab to force people to feel things
0: yeah
1: i did not like it <laughs> my roommate will watch this while getting progressively drunker and progressively more confused and angry <laughs> so there's a thing and i will explain this because i know some people have questions about it and i actually know the answer from doing research for this stupid pitch my roommate was getting increasingly angry that no one would explain what the fuck Jellicle was. And so every so often he'd say something. He'd be like, what's going on? I'd be like, the Jellicle thing. I just I would just keep saying. It. And he, at one point he just looked at me and said, oh, Jellicle, stab you. <laughs> like, very <laughs> upset. Like very angry with me at that point.
0: I had an interesting experience with this movie because I saw it in theaters. I was very excited. I had never seen the original like taping of Cats. I've never seen it like performed yeah. live um and i um me and my friends decided to microdose before going um Mm -hmm. and i was okay probably for about five minutes and then the cockroach thing with people faces happened and the rebel (laughs) wilson thing happened and the um then the children's faces on the mice thing happened and then the James Corden just generally thing happened. Uh, my nemesis. Um, <laughs> and, uh, just, we'll get him on the show. Just watching him hedonistically eat garbage was... Um, you think it'd be cathartic for me, but it wasn't. It was just horrifying. <laughs> and then um, the uh, me feeling bad for Ian McKellen thing happened. And <laughs> then the... Um, Idris Elba looking more naked as a cat than a- if he was actually naked thing happened, and then the uh, Judy Dench like looking into my soul. That's Dame at- Judy Dench, too. Dame Dame Judy Dench looking into my soul at the end of the movie, like as she stares exactly at like directly at the camera thing happened. At that point, I was under my seat, horrified. So, <laughs> so I would say I generally liked this movie. <laughs> It's all about the journey, right?
1: I would have called it a trial, but.
0: Yeah, it's a penance.
1: <laughs> well, Jackson liked this movie. I didn't like this movie. You had an experience with this movie. <laughs> it may surprise you to know that there are people online who had thoughts. What? That's right. It's time for Daddy's Jellical Tomatoes. <laughs> Our first review comes from Eric F., who gave this half a star. Absolutely unwatchable. I rented it for $1.99 to watch and laugh with my kids, teens, which is in uh, parentheses, and none of us could get through it. I feel like Idris Elba owes me a $1.99 plus gas money for the drive to Redbox. <laughs> End <laughs> of review. What if he's
0: gone bankrupt from all the people who have invoiced him?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it just, he made cats and the bags of family became bags of invoices and Venmo requests.
0: This movie, um, I imagine, for all the star celebrities in it, mm-hmm. I imagine like it's something that they just like all experience, but they never bring up when they're all together. They're actively not talking about it all the time when they're uh, in the same room together.
1: I, I have another tomato here. I didn't get okay. the star rating. I have a, I have more tomatoes. I am going to save those for episode three, obviously. Okay. Um, and this one is from Amy. And this one's a long one, so bear with me. We can stop and talk as we go, but it's going to be a little longer. In the beloved children's novel, Goldilocks and the Three Bears, TM, Goldilocks stumbles upon three bowls of porridge. The first is too cold, the second too hot, the last just right. This is the bowl that is simply too hot to handle. What? (laughs) Nothing is hotter than this movie.
0: What is this analogy? (laughs) continue.
1: We made this a group of research experiment by collecting important data throughout our viewing experience. The first set of data we collected was the number of times these characters hissed throughout the film. (laughs) Our end figure was 50 times. (laughs) We believe this high number of hissed contributes greatly to the pristine quality of the film. It ranks up to us with Avengers and Endgame. Oh, sorry, with Avatar and Endgame. The next set of data we measured was the number of uncomfortable suggestive moments, USMs, throughout the film. We found that there were 132 USMs <laughs> in the movie. You mean when any of the cats looked at each other? Yeah. I mean, there was not a, a, a moment where they showed a cat just standing that it did not look like they were posing for like a porn thumbnail. <laughs> right? This created a sense of risque drama and intrigue as we wondered when the cats, TM, would nuzzle next. <laughs> Overall, this averaged out to approximately one hiss, or USM, every 55 seconds. Extraordinary numbers. The only film we have found to surpass this film in terms of its unique style of risque discomfort is Curious George, colon Royal Monkey, TM. We would highly recommend this viewing experience to share with friends, family, and significant others. (laughs) Hey, show your grandma this movie. The only reason to not watch this movie would be if you were on death row and could only choose to watch one more film before you die, in which case, in our humble opinion, one should choose to watch Curious George, colon Royal Monkey, TM. This was the most spectacular viewing experience we have ever shared, and we would like to take a moment to thank everyone who worked on this illustrious film, particularly our dear friends Reb and Tay, Rebel Wilson and Taylor Swift, for those of you who do not share our close affiliation. Those who have watched this film and not appreciated its beauty have not experienced the inspiration that it sparks and the joyful tears it demands. Thank you for the hard work and dedication to our viewing pleasure. We're holding out for the sequel! in the review.
2: Unfortunately, wow. serious George Royal Monkey do- is not sequelable.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> you mean I don't have to watch a movie hornier than this? <laughs> I have to talk about one and listen to Madison talk about one. But... Anyway, Madison, that's the end of The Tomatoes, so... I'm not going to uh, institute a mic drinks, so you're good to go with the...
0: I do have a question for you, and Jackson, I don't think I've ever asked you this. No, they've
1: been a guest. This is Jackson's first appearance outside of the phone-a-friend yeah. option in the first edition yeah. of Madison's Liquids, and it's it's nascent as a blight on my life. <laughs> <Yeah>, it's proto-form.
2: <laughs> well, I not like... Listen to, like the, to Mike grow slowly, slowly more mad uh, with each <laughs> recursive Madison's liquid. Like
1: that is a thing that I said last time on um, Matilda back in the habit. It sounds really passive aggressive because no one can see that Madison and I are both laughing with each other as we have this this continued battle over Madison's liquids.
0: It's, well, it's really weird because normally we're just not laughing at all. or very serious.
1: <laughs> I have to keep the case that you and I are still friends. Anyway...
0: Are y'all ready to get wet?
1: Mm, You have to answer. No, we don't. (laughs) You're going to make us do it, so it doesn't matter what <laughs> we say. I, I tried to opt out of Madison's Liquids, and you told me too bad, so it doesn't matter what I say.
2: Also, we are already wet from being teleported to a houseboat. That's, a, that's so true. If I, don't
1: I answer, that. if I don't answer the question, we don't have to do the bit. Is that what you're establishing? No, there? that's not how it works at all.
0: You actually have to do three of them in a row. So. Oh,
1: man, if only I controlled the editing right now and just cut them all.
0: <laughs> anyway. Yeah,
1: let's do it. All right.
0: I have... My liquid here.
1: Go ahead and immediately chug that for me. All right. So at this point, as you've heard some of the episodes, we get 10 questions total. The lifelines currently are make Madison chug the drink. Uh, Madison will send a picture that's a hint to the drink. Mm. Also, there is now make Madison come up with a riddle. (laughs) Is one that I introduced. And then there's phone a friend. How was that experience, Madison? Since we don't have video on, you do have to expl- describe the experience loosely.
0: Oh, yeah. It was good because you did a, um, what was it, Mikey's Drinks or something like that? Mike, Mike Drinks. Mike Drinks, sorry. I, it's a little room temperature, Not which yet. isn't the best for this.
1: <laughs> for the for the listener, this is the second episode we're recording today. Obviously, the last one was iRobot. Sorry, we Robot. So it has been waiting at Madison's <laughs> desk for over an hour and a half. Um,
0: It's great. All right, begin your questions. Jackson, you get to ask the first question <laughs> or make a guess.
2: If the moon were made of cheese and you stirred some of that into this drink, would it be worse or better to drink? Uh, worse. Hmm.
1: Okay, so it doesn't pair well. They're really supposed to be yes or no, <laughs> but. Well, we get one y- not yes or no. Yeah. Oh, well, I wasted it. Sorry about that. I'm sorry. We established in Snapcracker Pop Ragnarok that I also get a yes and no. Ah. Or not yes and no. Yes. I'll continue with the moon questions. Has this ever been drank on the moon? I'm going to say no. Well, I have a comprehensive knowledge of things that have been drank on the moon, so I do need you to go ahead and get me a 100% yes or no.
2: Wait, things that are like, publicly known to have drunk on the moon or part of the secret files?
1: I, I can't really go back to the dragon
0: elk. Well, this is... <laughs> I'm gonna say confidently, no. This has never been
1: drank on the moon. Okay, so the, we're getting close. We know it's never been drank on the moon, and mixing it with cheese <laughs> would not make it taste better. Okay, cool. We're circling. We're we're getting in there, Jackson. It's your your question. Yeah.
2: Um, if you put this drink like in whatever container it comes in, in a bag with a cat, and threw that bag onto the streets, would that cat be happy to have this
0: cushion with it? No, I think its fur would get um, messed up and sticky. Interesting. Interesting.
1: Would you describe this drink as jellical? Yes. I think it's a little highbrow. Go ahead and send the um we're almost halfway there. Go ahead and send that image. We also okay. can only pick three of the of the lifelines because eventually I'm gonna have a whole like slew of them. <laughs> and it feels really unfair to be like, no, i least my ten lifelines. <laughs> uh, well it's cats to get nine. It's from Kroger.com. It is a jar of Laura Scudder's organic peanut butter smooth. No artificial colors, flavors, or preservatives. Zero grams trans fatty acids. See back panel for effect. I'm gonna go ahead. And need to see the back panel.
0: Uh, I, I don't.
1: I'm not getting <laughs> <kidding laughs> that. Okay, so
2: and the thing that is it the smooth or the Laura?
1: May I? I have, <inaudible> I have a question. Is it? You know, when sometimes you leave peanut butter too long and the oil starts to separate. Is it that? It is okay. not that. Is it the peanut butter that's separated from the oil? See that? That's where they get us.
0: Now, the count's off because you just asked two in a row. And we're going back to. No, it is
1: not. I've been counting also because we've established you don't count. So I have been keeping track on my end as well. That was question number five.
0: I'm counting this time. Uh, So, Jackson, you get two in a row. If you became iconic for drinking this drink, would Laura be happy or
2: pleased?
1: I don't think Laura would get it. Okay, so we've
2: established it's not the Laura part of this image.
1: (laughs) I mean, it's probably the peanut or the butter. Oh, is it melted butter?
0: Is not melted butter. Also, you just took another one. I said, Jackson got, you know what? Jackson, you get the rest. Okay. I'm
2: badly. bad at guessing things, so this is going to go badly for all of us.
1: Because obviously we were really doing super great before under my leadership.
2: <laughs> okay. Um, this drink, did you have to combine anything to make this happen? Or are you drinking it as it came from the store or the garden or whatever? I did have to combine things. Can you count the number of things on your hand, on your right hand?
1: Yes. I see Madison has more fingers on their left hand than their right hand. I pride. That's the only thing that didn't grow back after Madison reformed as a human being after dying on the dynamite run.
0: Hmm. Okay, less than five... Some
1: deep can in there for the real fans. Uh,
0: that's ten questions. You can each have a final guess, and I have sort of a bonus round. Oh God, they made it longer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I don't care more. Is it pea soup. Pea soup, yeah, like urine soup. No, like pea, like this in the green vegetable.
0: Oh, sorry, you didn't, you didn't indicate that. So, um, it's not, it's not either. But so no, it is not pea
1: soup. Hey, at this point, audience, if you're listening, go ahead and take to Twitter at the pleasures and let us know: is this the horniest episode we've ever done yet?
2: <laughs> <laughs> is it Seagram Seven with chamomile tea? It is not. It's not a carbonated
0: kale Hill tea. We, did, we never
1: established it was carbonated. That's true. A little free gift we got. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, carbonated butter. <laughs> God. <laughs>
0: Gross. <laughs> um, so, I'm going to tell you, it was a smoothie. It, it is a smoothie. And the bonus round is if you can guess two of the things that are in it, I'll Ooh. give the win to both of you. But it has an asterisk.
1: Oh, well, then no. I, I decline. I don't need your pity. Your pity wins. I see my questions to Jackson.
0: Okay. Banana, mango, peach.
1: Ooh, you got one. Yes. Was it mango
0: peach? It was the banana. Mm. It was banana. Um, It is... Jackson, you got a little wet. Oh my god. Tell us what it is. <laughs> Jesus. <clears throat> it was a smoothie. It was a smoothie of banana, strawberry, Damn spinach, it. almond milk. And thus ends another climactic episode of
1: I'll tell you what. I take it back when I said that spinach. Officially, the horniest episode we've ever done. You, you brought it back. I, I, I had <laughs> my doubts, but you did spinach,
0: it. Spinach, the sexiest leaf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's do this thing. I want to hear your horny cat. Okay. prequel. So
1: here's the thing. I I bit off more than I could chew with this one to some extent. God uh, yes. So here's I but but I want to hold myself accountable to the standards. So Madison, there's going to be at any point. All you have to do is interrupt me and ask, "Okay, but how is this scene horny, or how is this horny?" Right? Okay. I have written some in, but in the grand scheme of things, I, I'll get into this in a second. But I, I am giving you that, like, press the button and I and I'll stop what we're doing and I'll talk. I'll come up with how it's horny because I want to keep accountable to this goal, right? Jackson, there's going to be a character I introduce. Okay. Your job, I he didn't get written in as much as I wanted. Your job would be after I introduce him at any point, you'd be like, "Hey, how is he? And how is he part of this?" Because sure. I really honed in on the idea of the prequel and how I wanted cats. The Jellicle choice seemed much like a sequel almost in and of itself of like some shit has gone down in this world and everything's awful, which immediately led me to the Star Wars prequels. Um, and I feast a lot of internet, So of course, of course, I wrote in a Jar Jar Binks character, not a racist stereotype, but oh a my obnoxious mm. character as such. That's going to be who you're keeping me accountable for. Of course. Um, so I also, of course, I had to balloon the cast out unreasonably. I was going to make you a cheat sheet, mess of everybody is. I have put in the actors' names with the character names to help people keep track. But with that, we're going to jump into Cats, Episode One: The Macavity War.
2: Uh, quick question: We'll do this later, but okay. is this also a musical?
1: Kind of. Oh okay. yes, I mean there is music. It's the way we've always okay. done musicals of like. There are songs too, and I've written none of them. Sure, with a couple of minor exceptions. I've got like snap like snatches of lyric or something. Sure, sure. But, so Cats Episode One. It's a time of great unrest in the galaxy. No.
0: Actually, before we get started, sorry. Um I'm gonna light some incense to get in the mood. Uh <laughs> hold on. Uh should I do lavender, lotus? What or a sandal? great audio
1: bit this incense mm-hmm. is going to be.
0: Absolutely Lotus.
1: Yeah, Lotus. Notice. Actually, all three of them at once. Okay.
2: Okay. Actually, no. Lavender is what's in my uh, the shampoo that I bought. So, smell it and think of me.
1: That, you know what? Already the horniest episode <laughs> we've ever <laughs> done. That was it.
0: Already the horniest episode.
1: We open on London, bright, crisply clean, and thrumming with life. The camera pans down to a raucous theater called Prowl House.
2: Please.
1: Inside the cramped theater, a rowdy show is ending. This is vaudeville style, so lots of pratfalls and cartoony overacting. The play ends with Fire Fro Fiddle, the fiend of the fell, being defeated by truth and friendship. The curtain falls and applause echoes. The curtain reopens in a young Gus in full costume as Fire Fire Fro Fiddle, the fiend of the fell, prances out. He calms the applause and reintroduces the actors to them for a curtain call. I have established in here, but I haven't written it down yet, Gus, young Gus, is played by Matt Ryan. Uh, people know him as Constantine on The CW. That's pretty much the one I can think of. Mm-hmm. So the acting troupe is Opalcliffe, the love stricken cat, played by Tala Ashe, who people recognize as Zari from Legends of Tomorrow (laughs) on the CW. Humbraster, the master actor cat, played by Sylvester McCoy. Their writer, who is named Scribe Montgomery, played by William Jackson Harper, uh, Chidi from The Good Place, and their benefactor, a young Bustopher Jones. Uh, He's from a wealthy family, so he funded this, played by Jacob Tremblay who most of our fans will know from playing the child in house with a clock in the walls, each give a few lines about who they are and what they do is their thing. So this, this, is where the songs come in. The only one I could think of a bit of was for scribe Montgomery, where he comes out, he says like, my name is scribe Montgomery. And then two of the actors say in the background, he, he writes japes and jokes. And then he adds, not glummery. <laughs> Good.
0: How is this song horny?
1: <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, much like the movie, or the Jellicle Choice episode two was there's a lot of grinding and just super sensual hip waving, especially from Sylvester McCoy. Oh my god, this 77 year old Doctor Who alum is really just getting those hips yeah. into the song. Yeah, there's a
2: bit where, um, got you know, it. He obviously writes with a quill because he's like the writer cat. There's a bit where he's like dipping out of the inkwell that it is
1: Sylvester McCoy's belly button. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is a moment for, and then he licks it. Um, also.
0: With a sandpaper tongue, does happen.
1: I will also say in this pitch because it's supposed to be a bygone era of like a better time. A lot of the cats are wearing more clothes than um, in the original. This I will come back to why to this. Trust me, they're wearing more clothes for a very horny reason later on. Um, sure, I will say also. Opal Cliff, the love strickening cat, is a is a cat who later will kind of like loves love. It loves people in love, and so sort of like wants to just see more of that. So I think there is a probably very seductress dance number where she like gets into the crowd and is just very saucy and saunt, uh What's the word? Sultry, mm. sultry. I almost said saunty, which is not a word.
2: It's when you're both sexy but also kind of jaunty about it.
1: Madison, have I met your uh, horny yeah. criteria? Yes. Continue. So after this introduction, they then give Guff center stage to get his applause. He bows, and as he comes up, he makes eye contact with a young white cat, played by Natalie Dormer, uh, who people will know from Game of Thrones. Uh, elementary, to some extent, she was also in uh, Into the Caterverse on our ECU. Uh, on either side are cats, played by Tessa Thompson and Becky G, who I think most people at this point would know from the Power Rangers, more, more recent Power Rangers movie she played, Trini. Uh, he then launches into the cat's equivalent of a Shakespearean love poem. At some point, Humbraster, the master actor cat moves to pull him off stage, but Opalcliffe the stricken cat elbows him in the side, very hard and raptured by this like show of love, like very romantic gesture. As he monologues about her beauty, he moves and leaps into the crowd, shedding the costume of fire for Fidel, the fiend of the fell to get to her and deliver the last lines directly to her. He reaches her and presents her with a flower, a cat behind her. We don't see very well pulls on a mask, uh, and stands up with a knife in hand. A few other cats near them are also wearing masks and have knives. Gus begins fighting them off. Opal Cliff and Scribe Montgomery launch into the now fleeing audience to help. Together they defeat the assailants. They look around and see the three female cats are nowhere to be found. Gus laments he never got her name. Humbrasser, the master actor cat, uh, again, Sylvester McCoy, knows who she is. He's surprised no one else does. She's Deuteronomy, a daughter of the Jellicle Cats. This is right. Uh, I looked this up on the wiki to see if they ever tell mm. us Jellico is the tribe of cats that they are. It's not like it's this they use yeah. it like it's this like Jellico is like, oh, that means you're the most awesome cat. And it's not, it's just it's just their family name, basically. So Bustafer also knows her as his family are Jellico cats, as we establish in the Jellico Choice. His dad is actually going to be at the ball tonight. Opal Cliff, mm. the love-stricken cat thinks they should go. Bustopher can't get them in. The invitation is for his dad and family. Plus his dad doesn't know he's spending their resources on this play. Like I think it's Bustopher likes the theater. And so he's kind of using his allowance, if you will, to fund this like, <laughs> oh, no. just, oh, oh Jackson's Quest-gen. seen ahead in the notes and was very <laughs> mad at me. Um, so it's kind of like, this is like a dirty secret for Bustopher.
0: Question.
1: what, What's the currency? I, I thought about this, but that was that was a well I didn't dig too deep down. We can come up with that together. The idea did occur to me, like, what the currency was here. I mean, catnip isn't obvious. They still use schmeckles. Schmeckles. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I'm glad everyone's on board with that. Um, <laughs> <clears> Tuffins.
2: <throat> what currency makes sense for cats? Ooh, lives. What if they use lives as currency? Lives? For reasons
1: that
0: doesn't work.
2: Okay, them. sure. Never mind.
0: So, are are you saying Schmeckles? Yeah. Okay. Uh, How is that horny for the cats?
1: Wait, are you asking me how using Schmeckles as currency is horny? Yes. Okay. Give me just a moment. (laughs) Uh, Well, shekels are actually the currency, but we'll call them Schmeckles for reasons.
0: You gave me this button.
2: At one point, we see someone with just like the two coins over where their nipples would be, but also their cats just have like bulges. But it's clear they're supposed to be like you know little. Taxes. Yeah,
1: I think the idea is that because they're wearing clothes and that the pockets are put in the ob- the the obvious places for um, I mean like over like the like the nipples and then obviously like in the junk area so like they're digging around in the crotch of their pants or in their bras for coins.
0: So so the currency is basically the nipple pasties of cats. Well, no, it's coins. It. but
1: They keep like the coin pouches. In the booty okay. and crotch. near pairs. near their near their parts yeah got it so okay basically okay. everybody's digging around by their boobs and crotches for coins when they're cool. trying to pay for stuff there we go um asked and answered uh so basically he can't get them in uh, scrub montgomery suggests they pretend to be a long-lost american cat tribe and play the diplomatic card um, as the ideas get progressively worse and worse on brass for the master actor cat size and cuts them off if they can't be persuaded not to do this foolhardy thing he knows someone who could help a rapscallion cat who always seems to find his way into any room, any party, any place, period. So where is he now? One of the other characters asks. We cut to the Catobite bite Casino. I'm so mad. I know. A middling casino. It seems like the place expat cats and adventurers who choose to blow their paydays, dwindling inheritances, etc. They make their way to a table where a group of cats is playing a needlessly complex card game called Wissarvial. A large, purely orange cat inspired by our friend's cat, Podrick. This cat is played by John Goodman, rather, is running the table. Humbrasser holds out a hand. The other cats pull money out of pockets <laughs> uh, from their crotches and boobs. He manages to buy into one hand. Hence, we meet. This prequel film Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar Binks, rather. Theo Dijonbo, the rapscallion cat, sporting the most obviously fake and probably upsetting Cajun accent. So, Jackson, oh, this is the character which you're going to keep me accountable for. Theo Dejambon. De, Theo Dejambon. Theo
2: Dejambon.
1: <laughs> yeah, you have to say it in your worst Nolan's accent.
2: That's just my Nolan's accent. I don't Theo have a good Dejambos.
1: Dejambos. No, I know. I wasn't saying it had to be worse. I was saying you don't say it, Theo. De, it's always Theo Dejambon.
0: Theo Dejambon. I
1: guarantee.
0: Did you say that this person has played? John Goodman. Oh, okay.
1: Got it. Uh, so, quickly here, I did, thinking that you were going to hound me for them, I did come up with the rules of Wasarville. I'm going to outline them quickly. We can always cut it for a bonus episode. So if it's not in this episode, you'll hear it probably Wednesday of the week this airs. Uh, In Lissarville, you're dealt three cards. The goal is to have the hand with the most unalike cards possible. Uh, There's one round of betting, then everyone passes one card to the right. You can buy out of passing by putting in the same amount you just bet. After three rounds of this, you reveal. Anyone can put in another bet equal to their last bet to initiate a mandatory additional round. There's no buying out of this round. For each additional round, the amount to initiate doubles. The suits in uh, Cat's cards are paws, whiskers, eyes, teeth, and lives. Nine is the highest number. So they only go up to nine. Uh, The only face card is the Sphinx. There are only three in total in the deck. The only assured winning hand is three Sphinxes. I think the idea is the rules are... The three most unalike cards. So Of course, there's going to be debates and fights over how... Which I think is part of the fun mm-hmm. of trying to figure out who actually has the most unalike hand. Uh, but if you have three Sphinxes, that's the only assured win. Like That is that is it. You win, period. There's no debate. Uh, discarding a Sphinx means you can draw a new card. You can bluff that you have a Sphinx. Uh, Unchallenged, you draw a card no problem. If you are caught bluffing, you forfeit the entire hand. If you call a bluff and they're not, you forfeit the entire hand. Lowest chip total at the end of nine hands wins. Must have at least one chip. No ties. Winning hand of round nine wins. If there's a tie, winner receives all the chips. So that's the rules of Wasarville. Okay. I don't. Feel, I don't think anyone has any questions, and it was very clear to everyone how that's played. So we will move on. I do want to play that. One. Uh, so Humbraster buys him the one hand, winning that hand obviously, and then allows him to propel into a longer game. We have a scene, a la the poker scene in Avengers, Avengers rather, with um, Santa and Hannibal, uh, but with Wasarville. Humbraster ends up losing the game. At the bar, Theo Dijonbo joins them. He and Humbrasser shoot the shit until it naturally and effort- effortlessly comes to the point point in a masterstroke of dialogue writing that really the Oscar committee perk up its ears. Theo can get them... Yeah, but how is that moment Let me Let me get me. to the end of this thought and then I will okay. answer that. Uh Theo can get them into the ball. Humbraster asks the price. This time, Theo has no price. Getting into a ball... Is its own reward. If Gus wants to know what the plan is, then Theo takes a long drag of his cigar that he's had the whole time. I mean, the game, there's an inherent sort of, with like poker games or card games, like James Bond films will have this a lot of like, just very sultry flirting across the cards. Basically, I think we play this like it would be if it was James Bond and FM Fatale, but it's John Goodman and Sylvester McCoy. <laughs> just as <miss> this <laughs> It is the exact cool. same energy level and even like with a double entendres and all that stuff, it is that level of that level of just seduction, regardless of who they are and what's going on. It's like, there's yeah. a thing because Grizabella, the glamorous cat in the Jellico Choice, is like a sex worker cat, basically, and yeah. a lot of the people involved with it were talking about how they never intended the reason that they don't want her around to be the fact that she does that. They're like, because they're cats like there's nothing really tawdry with cats like that's their thing so the idea wasn't meant to be that they don't like her because she's a sex worker so I kind of feel the same way about people flirting with whatever gender it's their cats they're just horny <laughs>
0: yeah they're very horny cats
1: uh have I answered your have I made it sufficiently horny
0: uh yeah sure yeah <laughs> horny enough
1: horny enough. However, I, you're, you're doing episode 69. I'm, I'm trying to keep it as horny as possible, but I'm, I figured we were holding out the the full horny for your...
2: You're edging the cat's horny until the next episode.
1: I'm cutting the part where you say that we edge cats. Um, <laughs> Theo has no price. Getting wow. into a ball is its own reward. Gus wants to know what the plan is then. Theo takes a long draw from the cigar he's had those whole time. We cut to Theo talking to the guards outside the ball. They're wearing clothes now, a bit raggedly but still respectable suits and gowns, bits of fur coat, really bougie stuff. We are the we all the Dendablian cats from New <laughs> Basically, they have reverted to the original terrible plan of pretending to be a fake tribe of cats. The guards aren't buying it. Young Bustopher passes by, and as he's admitted, he doubles back. Wow, are those Dandablian cats, and you're going to turn them away? The guards get flustered, and Theo Dijonbo, the rapscallion cat, pushes past. Now deep in conversation with young Bustopher, the rest of them saunter in. The ball is in full swing, cats in human clothes, ball gowns, the works. They're waltzing to an entire cat band, Theo Dijonbo, standing next to Bustopher, smiling contentedly, a little smug. The rest of them are awestruck by the opulent beauty. Even old Humbraster is starstruck. Gus is staring through the spinning couples to the three high tables, where sits Deuteronomy, among other immaculately dressed cats. They make eye contact, and a flicker of a smile crosses her lips. The gang separates to pursue various interests. Opplecliffe, the love-stricken and cat, effortlessly slides into the whirlwind, moving machine of dance. Humbraster and Theo make their way to the bar. Gus and Scribe Montgomery make their way through the crowd, mingling and taking clearly too much food off the trays. It becomes obvious very quickly they all don't belong. They're rounded up and brought before the heads of house. This is the first time we actually see them up close and in focus. I'm going to quickly dump information here on the names and who's playing them to get into more of what's going on with all this pop and circumstance later. So, there's three couples of cats. These are the heads of house. Uh, we have Genesis, played by Kate Blanchett, and Joshua, who's played by Richard Armitage. People know him as Thorin from the Hobbit films, Guy of Gisborne from BBC's Robin Hood from a number of years ago, and uh, he is the bad guy in Oceans Eight. He's uh, Sandra Bullock's ex oh, wow, he in Oceans is Eight. That
0: guy. Mm-hmm.
1: We have Exodus, played by Jesse L. Martin, who most people will know either from Rent or as Joe West in The Flash. And Judges, played by Rachel Weiss, who most people will know from The Mummy movies, the originals. And then also The Lobster, for our purposes. And lastly, we have Leviticus, played by Hugh Jackman, and Ruth, played by Paul Bettany. So, like,
2: <laughs> I love this. This is amazing.
1: This is sentencing. Not death, but they crossed a real line here, breaking into this like kind of sacred rich people thing. Uh, this is a sacred night for the Houses, capital H. It's there's uh, it's a lot of high-handed, now, counselor, you know the law as well as anyone, et cetera, talk. We see Deuteronomy slink up behind Joshua, again, Richard Armitage, and whisper in his ear. He clears his throat and cuts off Exodus, Jesse L. Martin, It seems these ruffians saved their daughter from assassins. Earlier, Ruth, played by Paul Bettany, chimes in that. But uh, be that as it may, Joshua interrupts again, as well as Cindergrime, cut to Tessa Thompson cat next to Exodus, Jesse L. Martin. He looks down at her like, why didn't you tell me about this? And Whisper, sister, played was Becky G, who's next to Leviticus, Hugh Jackman. He ran smiling, but his jaw tightens in a, we're going to have words about this later. How could you embarrass us like this? Quick question. Yeah. Theo de Jean Paul. I mean he's gang, they're all kind of like ganged up here. Like they've been rounded up as popers. Oh, sure. oh sure, sure. He's smoking. I think <laughs> I like a scene here where like they have guards, they keep coming up and taking it, and he just pulls another cigar out of one of part of a coat. Like he's just continuously eventually they give up because Remember, their
2: pockets are right here on, on the Kajungas. So it's
1: just... no, that's where their that's where their coin purses are. Oh, okay. They have other pockets. Ah. Like it's not not all of their pockets are in their junked and boobs. That would be ludicrous, Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, Whisper, sister, and Balbashi. Well, well, Why well, How would you embarrass us like this? Genesis cuts in, which this is Kate Blanchett. Seeing as Humbraster, Sebastian requires already a Jellicoe cat. We will adopt the others into our fold as thanks. Everyone is shocked by this unprecedented bombshell. The other heads clearly intend to disagree, but Genesis cuts them off that the matter is closed. Gus and his troop are Jellicoe cats now. Joshua backs her up. That is Jellico's choice. Theo Dijambo asks for in, sorry, in accent, temporary visa, if you will. Theo Dijonbo is in one full tribes. He's granted this. The ball resumes and the troop is led to a table. Some of the Undercats swarm them to hear the daring tales of adventure. Gus is mid-story, everyone hanging on his dramatic retelling when we hear a light, polite cough. The crowd parts and we see Deuteronomy, Natalie Dormer, is standing. Perhaps the writer would like to take over telling the story unless Gus prefers talking to... dancing they enter the dance floor, she is named. He says asparagus. She begins laughing, and he adds, not ashamed, but my mates call me Gus. The band strikes up, and they begin a steamy, sensual dance. All the cats around them are likewise slowly, sexually dancing. We cut from them to another pair: two cats played by Zendaya and John Boyega. All cats are on Zendaya and her resplendent beauty. Their dance matches their all sensuality while also infusing a clear emotional connection I don't have to elaborate on because this will never be filmed since it's probably against the Geneva Conventions to actually film another literal second of cats' content. <laughs> the dance ends with both couples really sexually dancing center stage. Somehow both of their central shira, uh, sensual charades becoming part... Uh, mm, somehow both of their sensual charades becoming the one work of pg thirteen sexual art. Polite applause are on the room as the couples part. The three not-Gus cats return to the head tables while Gus returns to his friends, pulling a cigarette from his pocket and lighting it. A clarion gong sounds, and an expectant hush falls over the crowd. Nothing happens. Nothing continues to happen. Leviticus clears his throat uncomfortably. It seems the ball's herald is missing in action. Joshua, Richard Armitage, mentions, mentions that they are joined tonight by Humbraster, the master actor, Kett, He's been to enough balls. Perhaps he'd fill in. A chair rings out. Humbraster gets to his feet, looking pleadingly at Scribe Montgomery, who again is William Jackson Harper, cheaty from The Good Place, who discreetly follows. He heralds while Scribe hastily writes the lines. I'm imagining he's standing in the spotlight, like starting to talk, and we just see Scribe Montgomery's hand with a piece of paper enters the spotlight, and that just kind of keeps happening as he runs pages, like he's hurriedly trying to write him a monologue.
0: Um, As he's writing that, how does he How does he write that hornily? <laughs>
1: Um, the pen is tied to his penis.
0: Okay.
1: I mean, yeah. Fuck it. He has to like grab paper,
2: right and then move the paper really fast, so he can't use only two two hands.
1: <laughs> yeah, one hand is grabbing paper, the other hand is passing paper, so he's just <laughs> kind of like. He just... <laughs> um actually i like that a lot we don't even show the penis with a pen on it we just see his hips kind of moving as he kind of dips the paper down below and takes it with the other hand and passes it off
0: that's what i'm thinking like i don't even think he has a pen i think he's just <laughs> yeah, writing just, it with his we dick. did
1: agree that we were going to try to match how horny this film was while also not making it <laughs> more like like we had to match tone while still being very horny I don't, I don't, I don't remember that. I mean, we did say <laughs> it. We did agree. We talked extensively about what we were, what we meant by how horny it was. Yeah. Uh, continue. I see. Humbrastra emerges in the spotlight, pages in hand, and shakily introduces the choosing. Each house has narrowed down their top candidates to receive their gifts. So I haven't. I've briefly explained it. I think later on, because I realized I needed a reason. Kind of. This is going to be a cat is chosen to receive the gift to pass on again so for example the jellicle in the in the you know episode two they're picking somebody to get in a balloon to go to the heavy side layer to be reborn in this case what they're doing is they're picking a cat to be able to have the power to do that mm-hmm. if you will uh so we now cut to the rev secular choice humbraster announces with uh with more sort of a roast mc vibe that the crowd responds to pretty positively that it's time for the rev secular choice Leviticus, Hugh Jackman, and Ruth Paul Bettany approach center stage. The job of a cat is to heal the soul of the home. Cats are a healing presence, but who heals the healers? The Riff Secular Cat is the answer. In a motion for their candidates to join them, we are introduced to the Riff Secular Candidates by a brief song and dance number a la the first movie, but without spending over an hour on like three cats. We meet Whisper Sister, the stargazing cat, Becky G, Duchess Groove Regal Yellow, the Casanova Cat, played by Catherine Zeta-Jones, Hibbert Hubbard, the cupboard cat, played by Julia Stiles, and Boone Stanley Jan, the clandestine cat, played by Oscar Isaacs.
0: I just realized in my sequel, I'm going to have to come up with really great cat names. Yeah.
1: I'll send you all of my names on everything, and all the dumb names that came up with. That I didn't use everything, also so that you'll be able to keep track of who the fuck in this movie after this recording's over. Thank you. Uh, when the introduction songs are finished, Leviticus and Ruth, who's holding a dagger, steps forward. They call the name of Duchess Groover Yellow, who again is played by Catherine Zeta-Jones. She is the a secular choice. She moves forward and Leviticus motions to her. I, I didn't write down a specific one. I was going to go back and check on if there was like a specific weird hand gesture, like a Naruto hand sign that they did to summon the balloon. But she does like a sort of Naruto or the magician's-esque hand sign. Once the powers are given, Ruth steps, sure. away, steps to the fore with the dagger and stabs himself fatally. It's not gory, just extra and somehow sexual. <laughs> this becomes a telenovela level play mm-hmm. where Leviticus rushes to Ruth's side, sobbing. They passionately kiss goodbye. Mid kiss, Duchess Groovergill Yellow and kneels beside the dying Ruth and lays hands on him. There's a flash of light on the wound, and Ruth is back and full of hit points. <laughs> Cheers erupt, and the not chosen are among the most vocal. As the applause dies and Duchess Groover go Yellow takes a great bow, the ball resumes. Cats begin dancing, mingling in a very erotic manner. <laughs> Zendaya Cat and Jumboya Cat are dancing. He's nervous. Zendaya Cat calls him Mac and soothes his nerves. He's a shooing to be chosen. She coos sweet nothings in his ear and he soothes. The dance becomes more sexual again. He starts making promises. He's going to make her queen. Opal Cliff, the love-sickening, strickening cat, rather, is dancing nearby and hears all of this. You see Exodus, Jesse O. Martin, passes the high table where Genesis, Kate Blanchett is sitting. He stops and they watch the dance. He comments they may be related before the dance is over. Genesis doesn't mind. Macavity is a dashing cat. Exodus nods, not necessarily convinced, agrees and comments that Grizabella is formidable cat herself. We end the dance as we return, as he returns to his table to make his choice. So Zendaya is playing Grizabella the glamorous cat and John Boyega is playing a young Macavity.
0: Ooh, Got it.
1: Uh, we now it's time for the hang choice. Oh my god. <laughs> god. The lights dim and the spotlight shifts back to Humbraster the master actor cat. He emerges into view, waving merrily. We see Scribe Montgomery's hand thrust pages at him, just out of the light. And um, Brasser tries to take them nonchalantly, but it's really very funny physical comedy bit uh, with the same level of light roasting that the crowd is starting to really respond to. It's time for the hensinkulous choice. Exodus again. Jessica Martin judges. Rachel Weiss, stand uh for their table and both wave a hand almost dismissively at each other. They disappear in a cloud of sort of dust or whatever and reappear in front of the tables. I mean, the power McCavity had in the fir- in the episode mm-hmm. two. Uh, polite applause the cat under threat sometimes can't escape if the window isn't open or the door is shut the hang cat can escape any threat they are the cattest of cats they introduce themselves via song and with a wave of their hands they summon their candidates again via the same hand-waving teleport option they appear and begin to a similar but personally distinct song and dance introduction just like the rough secular candidates uh good question yeah what's he up to the Dijon Bowl.
2: The Dijon What's he up to? Yes.
1: I think I like the idea that he is at this point filling his pockets with food. Like I think his kind of thing is he likes being here. This is this is like this is like the Met Gala for mm-hmm. cats in sure. this area. So this is a thing. And I think he's just like being here is its own like great shape. But he's also like, oh, also you have a lobster rolls. And he's just like filling pockets with as much good food as he can because he leads like a – he can get into anywhere he wants, but he's not like a well-to-do cat. Like he spends a lot of time in seedier places. So this is like, it's like we use this reference uh, another time, but it's like Carl Weathers in Arrested Development to some extent. Like, got it.
2: It is yeah. one of those lobsters, not actually dead, so it's just like grabbing onto him in the back and, like pinching his cat.
1: Yeah, and it has a human face. Oh, I, well, of um, course. <clears throat> they, uh, Who plays lobster? <laughs> oh, um, it's Colin Farrell. Um, <laughs> cool. They begin a similar but personally distinct song and dance introduction just with their secular candidates. We have McCavity, the mystery cat, uh, young John Boyega, Concanus Johannes, the spectacle cat, played by Davy Diggs, who was uh, Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson in Hamilton, correct, I believe?
2: Yeah, you might know him from the new Snowpiercer.
1: From the new Snowpiercer. Undergrime, uh, the bakery cat, Tessa Thompson, and G, the respectable cat, Alicia Keys, wearing a very crisp suit, by the way. Uh, when this ends, Judges, uh, with frankly more pomp and show than is strictly necessary, announces they've selected Maspergy, the respectable cat. The other Hengsenculus cats are happy for her from a cavity, the mystery cat, who is clearly holding back an intense rage. He recovers and shows at least polite attention as Judges bestows the Hangsenculus power on Maspergy. A hush falls over the crowd as Maspergy steps back and with, with a wave of a hand, Exodus disappears. A hush, sorry, a hush continues until a loud clapping is heard. The camera pans up to see to the chandelier where Exodus is sitting, clapping appreciatively. So basically, it was like a "show us what you, show us what you've got." And then she like waves a hand, and he's gone. And they're all kind of like, oh, "Where he go? Where'd she put him? Where'd she put him?" And he's on the chandelier. It's like, "Oh, good show, oh, like, fabulous. Yeah, what, what, bean." The camera pans up to the chandelier where Exodus is sitting, clapping appreciatively for a good joke slash choice. He leaps to the ground, and the party resumes. Cats flood in to congratulate Maspergy. Uh, again, Alicia Keys. McCavity moves away, and the ball resumes, and Grisabella, Zendaya, rushes out to find McCavity. Opal Cliff, the love stricken cat, discreetly follows. Gus and Deuteronomy have yet another dance. This one is a little less openly sexual, but still very steamy. They share some pleasantries and flirts and getting to know each other. Gus starts talking about the possibility of seeing her again, of there maybe being something here. Deuteronomy cuts him off. She's a candidate for the jellical choice. It's not a class thing. It's a that she may be chosen and she'll be out doing jellical things, and she won't have time. So it's not like a, oh, you you're a poor. <laughs> it's like well, no, I'm going to be gone like all the fucking time.
2: I have like an important job, maybe.
1: Yeah, like that's the kind of thing. It's less. You're not good enough. It's that mm-hmm. there just won't be time. Like we will probably never see each other again if I'm chosen. She thinks Gus is swell, but she can't even begin to think about something more because if she's picked, it would hurt more. Gus is sad, obviously. They dance quietly for a minute and then Gus smiles. Better make tonight count then. She laughs and they smooch. <laughs> Meanwhile, Grizzabella finds Macavity outside, fuming in the foyer. She approaches him and tries to console him. He pushes her away in a full tantrum. He rants and raves that he should have been chosen. Grizabella mentions it would have been nice if they both got chosen, but just being candidates is what brought them together. He freezes. That's right. Grizabella is a jellical candidate. She could ask Genesis to consider him for the jellical choice. That's happened before.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Grizabella won't do it. He storms past her and says he'll do it himself. She goes to touch his shoulder tenderly and he dodges it. It's better if they just don't see each other anymore. He re enters the party and Grizabella is distraught. We see Opal Cliff behind a big potted plant, like having seen this whole scene. Inside the ball, McCavity approaches the gel table. We see Gus and Deuteronomy stop dancing. She comments that this should be interesting. From afar, we see him bow to Genesis, Kate Blanchett, and Joshua, Richard Armitage, who makes a somewhat impassioned plea. We don't hear this. We just see, like, gestures and, and all that. They look at each other for a moment and then laugh politely. She shakes her head, and he storms into the crowd. Scribe Montgomery is polishing off a joke for Humbraster and drops his pen. He bends down and crawls under the table to get it. As soon as he's out of sight, McCavity... Russian.
2: When he's crawling, is not like, ass up, tail switching...
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's definitely... (laughs) Put down ass up. It's definitely... (laughs) McCavity enters the shot and another cat joins him. The attempt on Cindergrime, Tessa Thompson's life, was unsuccessful. McCavity says it was moot anyway. She wasn't the choice. So what's the plan? McCavity shrugs and keeps moving off frame. Who gives a shit? I think at this point it's like he had this... Obviously we imply he was behind the assassination attempt. Uh, It was actually for one of the companions of Deuteronomy, but she was just there, so he was going to get them all the fact. Um, and so at this point it's like it doesn't matter she got a, it wasn't me so that I, I got chosen so it doesn't matter what's next at this point um, I think also to answer the unsaid question Madison they, there is a lot of like just touching like of well they're talking like, like each other like over arms sure. and shoulders and backs like they're just really touching each other a lot
0: a lot of rubbing yeah a, a lot, lot of, of rubbing
1: the lights just dim jamming their buttholes together <laughs> god uh, it is now time for the jellical choice. The lights dim, and Humbraster, the master actor cat, gambles out into the spotlight to much cheers. He really hams up his introduction. Deuteronomy reappears at the table, doing the cat equivalent of straightening her skirt. Genesis and Joshua move to the fore and introduce house. I didn't finish a sentence uh, and introduce their house the Jellicles go out uh, find the worst off cats those with terrible homes or the meanest streets they give them rebirth through the heavyside layer. each Jellicle can provide rebirth to a cat in need once a year Genesis and Joshua continue to give their powers once a year so more cats can be saved I think the idea is at this point they have deputized if you will enough cats that mm. they stay back they save their once a year to give another cat the power so that they can continue to like spread like you have two friends and they have two friends and they have two friends like it's that kind of thing so they don't this is the same idea as old deuteronomy giving the rebirth to grizabella in episode two it's more just instead of that we're giving we're using our one shot to give you that power so that more Mm. cats can be helped um
2: So it's sort of like how in the prequel trilogy, there's like a bunch of Jedi instead of like just like the one. Exactly.
1: A lot of this did shrink. I came to the prequel idea through a joke I made while watching with my roommate about how uh, I wonder if there are evangelical cats. And then I was like, actually, but with the powers, it's kind of like Jedi. Oh, prequel. And that's kind of how I got there. So it did come from a really stupid joke about evangelical cats, but Jedi were definitely a thing I was thinking of when I created these houses Mm -hmm. with other powers. Good. So, um, the candidates for the Jellicle Choice are Deuteronomy, again, played by Natalie Dormer, here's the Glamour Cat, who's played by Zendaya, and this other cat we've never met before, Beldora the Incomparable Cat, who's played by Nicole Kidman. After each song and dance, introduction is completed, Genesis and Joshua walk by and lay hands on each of the three. And that's done they motion one by one. Nothing happens until Beldora motions and the heavy layer balloon descends. Cheers erupts. Dude and Gus meet eyes and both smile broadly. The ball resumes, but it's obvious the night is winding down. McCavity is sitting at a table, his tuxedo disheveled and tie untied. He's drinking. Opuch slides into a seat next to him. Scribe Montgomery slides in next to her. So this scene is going to be: she's basically giving him advice because she thinks he's upset about Grisabella. So she's like, "Ah, oh, didn't really go your way tonight, did it? No, it didn't." She's like, "Well, you probably said some things you'd regret, or whatever." Like that. And Scribe Montgomery knows what he did or tried to do and so he's so she'll be like really, you gotta go what you want you don't take no for answer. you know don't don't take no for an answer. Well, you really gotta go which way no you don't you should <laughs> you should probably just take no for an answer like he's trying to like they're on different levels yeah. i think it's just a really funny bit here they they the context for each is different i can also see william jackson harper playing that like that's kind of she's like no you don't you don't want to do that
2: <laughs> also this is definitely a song
1: yeah that's good this is a song yeah. as well yeah McCavity definitely takes it the wrong way and excuses like definitely learns the wrong lesson rather and Anaxes himself. We see him approach Maspergy. They embrace and leave the screen. Scribe Montgomery follows. On the roof, Macavity's apologizing for how he acted. Throughout the talk, he subtly gets her to the edge of the roof. Grabbing her by the throat, he holds her over the edge of the roof and demands she give him her powers, or he'll drop her. She does, and he puts her back on the roof and says, see? Easy. As he walks away, he flicks his wrist and she wisps away and reappears over the open air. We cut back to the ball and Scribe Montgomery has the thousand-yard stare. McCavity marches right up to the heads of the table and vanishes. Exodus, Jesse L. Martin, and Joshua. Everyone is shocked. McCavity then points up and we paint to the chandelier where Exodus and Joshua are impaled on it. Not again, not gruesomely, but just like, God. like with a finality. like they're
0: this is, beautifully impaled.
1: Yeah, very sexual. Yeah, yeah. How horny Which, is? <laughs> I mean, there's an answer to that that you don't want. Yeah. That's true. Let's move on. <laughs> um, McCavity points up, and we pan to the rear, uh, Ball cats scream and flee the ball. McCavity, uh, McC- McCavity's allies start laying into people. The heads of houses and surviving chosen meet them in combat. Gus and the others join the fray. Theo Dijonbo is just two-fisted, punching them in the face and breaking bottles over them like barroom rules. Here, <laughs> like we have like a, the very sort of choreographed, elegant like fighting. Mm-hmm. And then we just see the Odisha was like at the bar, like he probably has like a roll in his mouth, and he's just like punching cats in the face, like breaking bottles over their heads.
2: So I think I noticed in the film was whenever the cats jump, they jump like cats. They're in human bodies, so it looks mm-hmm. like kind of like not very good wire work from a low budget Wuja movie. So I imagine oh, sure. it being like all very like <laughs> we will high budget Wuja. There movie. will be
1: definitely time for that as ah. we get <laughs> into the montage. McCavity and his cats escape into the night. The heads and their candidates are c- consoling Genesis, Kate Blanchett, and judges, Rachel Vice, to no avail as the other dead or vows are exchanged the cavity will be brought to justice quickly. Ruth summons Commander Brumble Shannon, played by Amanda Stenberg, who was Rue in The Hunger Games, head of the Crimson Main, the elite rev secular guard. Jackson is laughing because last night I asked them for an actor or actress of color, and they gave that to me, and then I asked them for a color and a state that was one syllable. And they said Crimson Maine. And I realized that for what I wanted, M A N E actually worked really well for that. I was going to make it a nonsense word, but here we are. So this was Jackson's contribution beyond asking me where Theon Dijonbo was. <laughs> Uh, The commander starts a cat-style song and dance intro before singing Leviticus and Ruth, Hugh Jackman, and Paul Benton, respectively. Give that very subtle, just don't, head shake and hand gesture like the nope, nope, (laughs) nope, not the time. They're tasked with hunting down the traitor McCaveney and bringing them in. They salute and disappear into the night. Assertions are made that he'll be captured within the fortnight. As the Crimson Mane sprint out the front door, we see Cliff now missing an eye, sobbing over the lifeless body of Humbraster, the master actor cat, Sylvester McCoy. We have a montage of time as the McCavity War rages. We see skirmishes in the street as McCavity faces off with the forces of the houses. We see McCavity and Commander Brumbleshannon on that statue from the end of Cats, Episode 2, The Jellical Choice. Commander Brumbleshannon has a spear of sorts, and McCavity is mostly dodging and trying to flick his wrist. For action scenes to matter, I think it's possible to dodge. Like, so it's kind of the it's like a straight line. So as he makes a gesture, she can like kind of dodge the effect, mm, sure. so she doesn't get uh, wisped, as I'm calling it. These are very sexual
0: battle scenes, still, right? Like, like you don't know from one moment whether they're going to impale each other or they're going to fuck, right?
1: Yeah, like fight choreography is inherently kind of a dance, and I feel like it's not too far of a leap to also somehow make it sexual dance like it's there's a solo scene where
2: McCavity almost gets a handle along her face and was like just like a few oh, inches away yeah. like and there's a
1: she dodges the moment like she dodges the hand gesture and he basically just runs a hand down the side of her face like the back of it like a very tender kind of looking thing uh he's also fully erect the whole time <laughs> oh, no. yeah for action scenes it's a real cat and mouse game Eventually, Brumble Shannon gets wisped, and McCavity howls from the statue. The Crimson Mane is run off in defeat. We see the forces of House Rev Secular Angelical, falling off with the rising forces of McCavity. We see battles between the sides led by Cindergrams, the bakery cat of House Hensinkulous, Tessa Thompson, Whisper Sister Becky G, and Bel Dora, the respectable cat. Each ends with a one-on-one duel with McCavity. Each ends with McCavity winning, sometimes by guile and frankly cheating. We see not graphic assassinations of other chosen, like Hibbert Hubbard, the Covered Cat, Julia Stiles, and Duchess Grubergo Yellow, the Casanova Cat.
0: I've imagined like a Goodfellas scene of like when uh, Jimmy is like knocking off all the people who were involved in the the Fonza heist.
1: It's basically like that. This is he's just taking everyone down. Anyone who was head of house, who was a candidate, like they're champions, basically. I'm seeing this a lot more like the Order 6x part of um Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Where it's like this is it's the war, but people are also just getting assassinated. I mean, you aren't wrong. It is a similar kind of aspect of just we're watching the people we've established to be players of this getting offed. Um, we also see his madness and jealousy. He's not a kind leader, and many of his forces are conscripted, tricked into service, or forced by kidnapping loved ones. Like There are people who follow him because they believe in him, but I feel like also there is a madness for revenge that it's just like, I need people, and I'm going to get people. I mean, he's the Napoleon of crime. Mm -hmm. We see a scene quieter, and and clearly this is a spy scene. Intelligence is being gathered. Boone Stanley and the clandestine cat Oscar Isaacs is meeting with an informant hooded in secret. McCavity forces enter the room, and as Boone Stanley Jane rises to flee, a hand grabs him as McCavity whilst he was in the hood the whole time, and they finally kiss <laughs> uh, We see heads of house filing their constituents into safe houses i 'm not sure how to visually signify these are like whatever that Harry Potter magic thing is to make houses unfindable unless someone talks uh, unless you have ideas. Do you have an idea of how to signify that idea, but it's like in like in Harry Potter, was the, the Potters were hiding in their house, and Voldemort could not find it unless the secret keeper told him. I'm oh. looking for a similar kind of idea. Like these are they're basically going off the grid into ground, so McCavity can't keep killing their like followers.
2: Um all of these are hidden under dog houses. Maybe it's like the sewer.
0: I'm thinking of like a secret city or something, or like um if you've seen the mandalorian like where the mandalorians live like under sure. like under i said i don't city. have
1: like a way of like really clearly getting on a cross without just telling you it is but um I th- those are very good suggestions i think mm-hmm. it's probably a mix of both like under the dog houses, how you get into like an underground the underground city a secret like catacomb city that were dug by yeah. balls with human faces.
0: Yeah, it's like places that cats really wouldn't go usually, like under a pool or yeah. under a doghouse, or like.
2: Um, and this area is called the light side layer. Um, uh
0: who, who are the who, who, what actor has the mole face? Well, I had it and then I
1: lost it. Tony Shalhoub. Um, God, yes. Thanks, Throughout man. this dark montage, we see many fun love stories, sex scenes that in that trope of them in hotel rooms with bright summer light, just frolicking with Gus and Deuteronomy. The cares of the McCavity war are not theirs. Love is. I just like this idea, like, cause especially with the way that Deuteronomy and Gus are kind of portrayed in the Jellicle Choice, it just seems like they didn't give a shit about this because they were with each other and now they're like haunted by the reality that they did nothing because mm-hmm. they were just having sex all the time. Mm-hmm. We end the montage on a final Jellicle and McCavity skirmish. Beldor, the incomparable cat, Nicole Kidman, is fighting McCavity inside the Egyptian theater. The place is being destroyed. Beldor is struck down by McCavity. In other fights, he's whisked away the generals, but with Jellico forces, he relishes killing them himself. I want this to be a revenge thing for laughing at him at the ball, but again, unsure how to work this in without being heavy handed. He strikes her down, but is deterred mid howl by a foot soldier who leaps into the fray. It's not a long fight as McCavity makes short work of him. Before he kills the soldier, he peels back light amount of trash built cat armor. It's Scribe Montgomery. He says, "Who are you, then, Jellicle?" Says Scribe Montgomery. There's a pause where no one else is there to sing the rest of the song. He whispers, "Not glummery, as McCavity strikes him down.
2: <sighs>
1: so this is where my notes run out. Um, I have a mm-hmm. few ideas for how this kind of ends, but it was I wasn't sure how to like swing it through. I know that I, what I want is that Grisabella betrays them and tells him how to find the Jellicoe like hideout. Mm-hmm. I think the idea is that we show in a montage as well, that he takes out everyone, but the Jellicles, like they're the only ones really left again in a way that leaves it open. If you want to bring back house, hang, senculus and ref, that's up to you. Um, there is some like wiggle room there. It's not a final, like we see all of them dead, mm-hmm. um, but we have that. So it, the movie ends with Grizzabella definitely telling him and he raids the town, I think they convinced the of Dijon Beau to help a bunch of them escape specifically um, Deuteronomy who has now gotten the power from probably Genesis and Gus and then a bunch of young ones. Like obviously we'll have a little black and white cat with a top hat, like kid versions of Rum Tum Tugger, Mr. Morfilles, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to tie yeah. in an angle and we can, I can kind of just like lightly wouldn't even have to talk about it. I want to tie in an angle about how Bustopher's family position has improved. Uh, because of the bigger houses falling I, I don't you want to use the word war profiteering <laughs> there is an element of like oh a lot of the big titan family competition is gone like our lot is improving um i i did write in all caps theo Theo bow must live um, I think it's because he helps it like the idea I want is like you're a master of infiltrating now just do that backwards okay. it's like it's impossible to escape from that it's like great you can get into anywhere now do that backwards and so he helps them escape all I like the ending of Troy um, infiltrate. I have written down Opal Cliff with a question mark because yeah. I have not tied up where she is or what she does I mean in the vein of the Star Wars prequels I think it fits that I'm just leaving plot threads like that dangling it also gives you something to work with maybe um, I want to sure. I want to end on a theme that Gus has kind of like, they've yeah. lost the day because a friendship and truth were abandoned because we opened the play with his play being, we opened it with his play being the day being won by friendship and loyalty. So I like that. So any yeah. ideas with that kind of, where we um, can like flush it out, that's kind of the loosey-goosey ending I have in mind. Um, because like in the idea being that like the McCavity War is what made London, Cat and look that like, decrepit because no one's there taking care of the city anymore like the houses are gone the people are scattered yeah the Ooh. courage of men failed
2: oh i have a concept
1: yeah what yeah. if uh, the think, uh...
2: is um like up to some like comedy hijinks to like give the movie like just a bit of like a light moment and he witnesses uh grizabella selling them out to uh the yes.
1: that's the thing i leaned into i swear somewhere in the movie in the songs, or somewhere went right online, the idea is they don't like her, like, after she, quote-unquote, like, took up with McCavity, is when her fortunes took a downturn, and that's what I dug into with that idea of her yeah. being the betrayer, and that's why nobody in episode two wants to deal with her, was because she's the one who betrayed them to him.
0: That makes sense. Yeah, I, I think, um, what if, like, she at first, like, tries to help out, like, the, the forces um against macavity um but she maybe she catches wind of like a plot to like kill him or something like that that's gonna mm-hmm. work and then she because she um because she has feelings for him still she um that's why she goes back and she warns him um
1: Yeah, like
0: get out of town, but then, then he,
1: I, in my mind, she like he seduces her via like seduced to the dark side, not, I mean, also maybe sexually, but, um, in the idea, and that's why she ends up betraying them, regardless Mm -hmm. of the reason she goes to him in the first place. But I feel like it needs to be a conscious decision to sell, like, to tell him. For the the kind of arc to work of they're mad at her for the betrayal. Like if it's an accident, they could still be mad. But I feel like it needs to be a conscious, purposeful kind of like, I'm telling you this and it will, like, it's bad.
2: I mean, she's a glamour cat and they're like living under a doghouse in a molehill. So I I can see him being like, oh, let me give you pearls and gold and you can be glamorous again. That's
1: a good point. I mean, Mm -hmm. it is digging into like, oh, I, I, Convinced a woman to betray her family And friends by telling her I'll make her Pretty
0: that's not ideal but
1: neither Is cats though I mean let's be honest <laughs> yeah. If we're keeping thematically with the material That's probably well, what happens But the
0: idea of like that stuff Being sure. things that cats Like is in the first one though Right like when um, When uh, um, The twin cats are like In that nice house or whatever Um, They're talking about like liking jewels and like stuff like that
1: i actually really like that now it's still kind of bad but it does then also fit in with when we first meet her in episode two it's about how like ragged her coat is now like she betrayed them for the promise of glamour and jewels again and was left with even more ruin Mm -hmm. um there is one thing that i will not budge on with this story and it's that they meet again and she's like, "What?" Like, basically, it's the Obi Wan Kenobi. You're supposed to destroy the Sith, kind of thing. He leaves her alone in the moonlight.
0: That's good. I, I think that's a good last image.
1: Yeah, but it sure. just ties in with the memories song. Like I, I, but I refuse oh, yeah. to budge on that that scene, even if it's kind of a joke. But it also then gives memories another mm. level of a heavy side layer of
0: for sure content. I think, like, and not to like. I think we keep digging into like the reasoning yeah, yeah, yeah. or like fleshing out of like yeah. her reasoning to go back and like betray them. Like maybe this war is very hard, right? Oh, and, yeah, like, it's definitely. I mean, it's a war of has like yeah, and like attrition. Kind of basically, nobody has anything. Like she doesn't get to be the glamour cat because the other cats don't have anything during this war, right? Um, um, as far as like how because Macavity like wins basically right oh, yeah. like sort of i, mean, I like, think
1: it's it's nobody really wins he's kind of the king of hell to some extent instead of being yeah like the idea is that he now rules the wasteland in a way um yeah. he's not like with no he doesn't really have power but he like everybody's afraid of him like he's kind of in charge now um yeah but
0: what if there was something from like not to introduce up too much stuff from the outside world mm-hmm. but like as far as like what prevented him from just taking over between the years of like this movie and then the uh, episode two, like, my like, I, I didn't
1: write this down, but my kind of conception in my head was that every the Jellicle, the survivors of the Jellicoe Cat, are so nomadic and they don't really get together, but for once, okay. for the jellico Ball, that there's really not a way for him to get all of them. And it's really, it does seem yeah. in the first one like Deuteronomy is kept. See like hidden until the jellico ball. Like we don't see her. They just talk about her, and then she kind of shows up at the Egyptian theater to make the for the ball. And it really does kind of seem like she's in protective custody to some extent. That's yeah. of, again, that's why the the arc of this led that way it was like, okay, she's hiding from him. Like I just, it, and that was my thought process was it just seems like he's trying to find them and he's trying to find her, but they keep to the you know they keep hidden and they keep to the streets enough. Like there's a point where somebody sees him and they heals they yell Macavity and they scatter. Like that's my take is that he's looking and he's trying to find her to like that last resistance to get her power or to be reborn. Maybe with more yeah. power. like that's something you could dig into if you want, the rebirth thing. Is but
0: is there one more Sorry, yeah. the names are like it's some, some of it's hard to follow sure. for me just because I'm bad with names in general. Right. And uh but is there at this point, a Jellicoe cat chooser left? Like, is there another Deuteronomy or is she she the last one at this
1: point? My thinking is when the Jellicoe like, cats fall, like he finds their base and he raids it, Kate Blanchett, who's Genesis, who was like the last head of the house, gives her the power. Like, I, I, my conception is this takes a full year. Like, this is the night of the ball again. Got it. So she gives Dude, I, I, have, I have her written down as Dude in my notes just because i don't want to take deuteronomy every time um oh dude she she gives deuteronomy the power of and basically just like run like it's you now you're it
2: Mm.
1: um and so i don't think there are choosers because i think that everything is such shit for so long she just uses the power to give one cat rebirth all the time she's basically this is the ultimate like retreat and like fleeing the cavities like ruthlessness is once a year, mm. I can get one cat out of here forever. Mm. And she doesn't really have the luxury. Like She could spend some time, but I think it's more of just like get as many cats out as I can right now and not spend a year recruiting people to help get cats out. Like her plan is just one a year every year and eventually we'll get them all
0: out. Got it. Okay. So then I think the last scene with like McCavity is like he kills Jake Blant, uh kate blanchett oh yeah right? he
1: definitely does i mean that is not just i didn't write it in but he definitely kills like it is deuteronomy is it
2: like so dead? like omg day.
1: yeah i think that's the last one of the
0: last scenes before like everything mm-hmm. so then deuteronomy runs we don't see her again and then the tie-up is with grizabella and macavity yeah. and then and like think- that's kind of where it leaves I think
1: we also need to tie in very quickly. The idea of like she and Gus really can't be together anymore because she has to focus on this and it's her. She's like the only one. It's not just, she's one of them now. She's the only one and she has to hide and he can't come with her because they do have like a, she and Ian McKellen share a lot of like a lot of looks in this, uh, or yeah. Uh, Dame Judi Dench and Ian McKellen share a lot of looks and it seemed like we were something a while ago but getting more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's good. Well, the important thing is Theo Dijon Theo Dijon Beau is alive and can be used in episode 3, which is honestly the most important thing. But yes, absolutely. So Madison did I do it. So Madison yes, did absolutely. I do it.
0: You did it. You you tied it all up. You gave some you 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 lured out the you lured out the uh, yeah, the cat. That was kind of my goal, but you bit. can see I like it. when I
1: texted you and I messaged some people, like I think this pitch is going to break me. It was mostly me late at night, kind of drunk, muttering nonsense words to myself for like <laughs> an hour and writing on the best And I was just like, I'm going to go mad. <laughs> like I'm going to go insane.
0: Do you have any? Do you have any discarded yeah, let
1: me, cat names? Um, that actually, pull up my notes. To rip off? I mean, do you want me to say them? Because if I tell them, then you can't use them maybe for...
2: we we'll just cut this bit. That's true.
1: That's fine. I'll say them anyway. It doesn't matter. You can use them still. So Jackson yeah. will attest. I, this is the just randomness page on me. Here we go. I had a list for actors that I might use. Because when I realized I was making the cast very large, uh, Mrs. Faquentius was one that I didn't use. Uh, let's see. Question Simonson, Underclap, the hazardous cat, uh, Adelside Prince, Duke Groovulating, Other Siegfried was one that I wanted to use, but I didn't ha- end up needing. I love it. Cool. Um, yeah. Humblembius cat was one. Um, long as I was just writing nonsense words down as like stream of thoughts, and a lot of them aren't usable. Abrotable, uh Fiqualian. At some point, I did, at some point I was leaning <laughs> I realized I was leaning far too much into the Star Wars side of this idea, and I was really just coming up with like names like okay, this won't work. Some of the names. So I went back, like to peer behind the curtain, and I may cut this Cindergrime, for example. I was also just doing like mixes like uh Rumpel teaser. First half of Rumpelstiltskin, the word teaser, Cindergrime. First half of Cinderella, I don't know, teaser, sleaze, sleazy, grimy, Cindergrime. Yeah. Done. Like no, okay. I came up with some cool names that way, but some of them were just like taking existing cats. Mister Mistopheles was one that I took a crack at and quickly realized this is just nothing. <laughs> um, but other Siegfried is the one that I kind of regret not getting to because I was I came up with that after I'd already cast everyone and I was like I cannot keep adding people to this movie. I have to kill a lot of these people eventually. I can't make this cast 90 people, like 90 recognizable faces. I'm not Marvel. All right. Well, all right. I think you did it, though. If I did it, that's credits on another episode of The Equalizers. Madison Jones, tell the people where they can find us.
0: People can find us on Podbean, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, and everywhere podcasts are found, including the bottom of a fancy feast can um you got to eat all the fancy feasts first though so go 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 ahead and, and it won't show up if you don't do that so
1: but you specifically if your cat eats it it won't show up it won't show up yeah you have to uh as always you can get in contact with us about how much you like or dislike fancy feasts by going to facebook and twitter at the equalizers our gmail is equalizers at gmail.com and we have an instagram it is the underscore equalizers as always we spell that e-q-u-e-l-i-z-e-r-s like in like say Sequel. Jackson Eflin, where can the people find you?
2: Um, I'm on Facebook. Sorry. <laughs> Congratulations.
0: <laughs> Whoa. How'd you get on there?
1: <laughs> no. Walk us through the entire login <laughs> account creation process for Facebook. Uh,
0: so uh,
2: I'm half of a Gratuitous Pausing. We are a Movie Bracket podcast. Right now we're doing movies on a boat. I think, based on when this comes out, I think we're about to get to Speed 2 Cruise Control versus Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, the second one, Dead Men's Tales. We hope you join us, uh, and that you save us.
1: I like that we've both just stopped talking about us studying Renato, and we do plugs. <laughs> we'll get uh, back to it one day. Eventually, uh, we will. We're taking the exact amount of time Sherlock Holmes was dead, quote unquote, off for hiatus. <laughs> Well, Jackson, thank you for joining us. As always, I know this was sort of a last minute. Do you want to come over and listen to me talk about me? Jackson has filled a lot of crazed uh, private messages on Facebook while I'm writing this about how much I think it's going to break me. Uh, so it felt right to have Jackson on. So next time, join us for Madison's sequel, To Be Determined, as we're joined by guest Daniel Nah, Madison, you got any ideas? I got,
0: I have, I have some ideas that are going to put you on your butt.
1: Is it the Rise of Skywalker?
0: It's not not the Rise of Skywalker. Cats, episode
1: three of the Simpsons movie. So, for the Equalizers.
0: I'm Addison Jones.
1: Uh, I'm Jack Snafflin.
0: I'm Mike Knoll. And the memories were lost long ago. But at least you have beautiful (laughs) ghosts.
1: To be continued. First take your favorite leg, and then you kick it up to your chest. And then you pump your open palms, and then you really start breaking a sweat. That's all there is, that's really it, you barely even gotta move your butt. Come on man, now follow my lead, and we'll do the two steps. Come on hands, with me.